When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to New York. Attention fans, this is the Devil's State of Mind Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now here's your host, Neil Villapiano! What is going on, Devils fans? It is, as always, your host, your boy, your confidant, Neil Villapiano. And welcome to another edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network as well as Sportswire Radio. The best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. I hope you guys are having a better day than I'm having uh, considering how things transpired over the weekend to kick off the season. But I hope you guys are having a great day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. And as always, guys, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to check these episodes out. You always know that I greatly, greatly appreciate it. This podcast episode and everything we do here at the Hockey Podcast Network are sponsored by our wonderful friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. You guys already know the deal. With so many sports going on right now, especially baseball playoffs, NFL fully underway, and now the NHL season is officially underway. DraftKings every day is giving you guys unbelievable opportunities to get huge cash prizes. So if this is something you are interested in and you want to get in on the action, here's what you do. You go to DraftKings right now, you sign up, and you use our promo code THPN. And don't forget to tell them that your boy, Neil Villapiano, sent you. And again, thank you to DraftKings Sportsbook for sponsoring this podcast episode, the Devil State of Mind podcast, and of course, the Hockey podcast network oh boy it it feels like the it feels like we're still into last season doesn't it um considering how the first two games have gone uh yeah i'm already very frustrated um you know i'll rant and rave you know you guys know if you've listened to the podcast long enough uh you guys know that i am not afraid to go on here and just completely lose my mind for 30 plus minutes or whatever the case may be. Um, But considering the fact that it's only two games into the 82 game season and things like that, I'm not going to completely fly off the handle. However, I will express my frustration and anger with a lot of things that went on before and after, and also during uh, these first two games against the Flyers and Red Wings respectively. So obviously, as I do normally, I will go over how these games went and just my point of view 
of it all. Um, and then we're going to just talk about some things that I think need to change and what I what I want to see this team do better now that we're beginning the first full week of Devils hockey. And the Devils have several games this week that, once again, just like to start the year, are winnable games, especially at home. So I want to talk about that. I do want to talk about Lindy Ruff because it is very, very important um, considering everything that has gone on. And we're also going to give you a quick update on the Utica Comets as well as the Adirondack Thunder and also the Metropolitan Riveters because they were all in action in one capacity or another over the weekend. So, as always, guys, we have a bunch to get to here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So we'll kick things off with discussing the Devils' season opener in Philadelphia against the Flyers. Now, for myself, this was actually a last-minute decision. I bought tickets the day of the game, and I actually decided to drive down to the city of brotherly love, which, by the way, Philly sports really on a high right now, considering the Flyers, uh, who are currently 2-0, and if I remember correctly, on the season. So they are off and rolling in a surprising fashion. You have the Philadelphia Phillies of baseball now in the National League Championship Series, four wins away from going to the uh, to the World Series. The Eagles defeated the Cowboys on Sunday night and now are 6-0 and to start the NFL season. And their Major League Soccer team, the Philadelphia Union, are currently in the second round of the Major League Soccer playoffs. So Philly sports overall doing relatively well. But yes, I did go to the season opener. Uh, just was excited to go. I hadn't been to Philadelphia in a long time. And uh, obviously you walk into it with some amount of excitement and enthusiasm. And also just being hopeful um, that uh, that the... Uh, Sorry, I just dropped my phone while I'm recording here. Um, you're just hoping that the Devils get off to a good start um, this season. Now, the first thing that I noticed the Devils decided to do was the fact that they started Blackwood instead of Vitek Vanacek. Uh, I get it. Obviously, you want to get Blackwood's confidence up and rolling right away. But I personally think you should have started Vanacek to start at least the first game. Just, you know, to get him acclimated with the full team and everything like that. Just get him going because he played, he had such a strong preseason as well as Mackenzie Blackwood, but Vanacek in particular had a really strong preseason. So, you know, you're kind of, I feel like you should have gone with relatively the hot hand, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, the Devils did, you know, kind of move some, uh, move some people around and the fact, and we knew earlier on, although the, you know, Nico practiced a little bit, that Nico Keisher was not ready and was not going to be available to uh, play in the first game of the season. And Nico spoke to the media and said, basically, I'm not really where I want to be, but it sounded more and more like that he was expecting himself to be ready for the season opener two days later on Saturday night at home against the Red Wings. So, you know, it wasn't one of those things where we were thinking that it was going to linger on and on and on, that it was just a matter of, you know, any day Nico would be healthy and ready to go. And also it was a situation where it was kind of up to Nico to make the call at that point as to whether or not he felt like he could play but nonetheless the puck had dropped and the 2022-23 season kicked off and the Devils right away had several chances on the power play um the Flyers were certainly not disciplined early on in this game and the Devils had a couple of opportunities and they would eventually cash in as they were coming up the right side Alexander Holtz got a nice feed took a shot that just squeaked under the glove of Carter Hart and in, and the Devils get their first goal of the season, grab the lead, and Alexander Holtz with his first 
National Hockey League goal. So, and that, and that was a big thing because I had a hunch that he was going to get the first goal and it was going to be on the power play. Maybe not in the way that he actually scored, but nonetheless, it was a power play goal. And Alexander Holtz now has a memory he will never forget as he was able in it to get his first NHL goal. So for him to get it, you know, out of the way, right away to kick things off on the season, I think was uh, was massive. So congratulations to Alexander Holtz on his first NHL goal. And that should be what we all hope to be the first of many goals that he scores for the red and black for years to come. So Devils getting off to a solid start, grabbing the one nothing lead. That lasted all of 23 seconds as Wade Ellison was left all alone on the right side, right in the slot. Blackwood had no shot of getting over there in time. And Ellison just kind of tapped it in on a nice pass from his defenseman and tied the game up at one. So obviously not great. But here's the thing that really was unfortunate. I don't know what exactly was the feeling in the locker room or the feeling going into this game. But for whatever reason, the Devils just looked off. They looked slow. They looked like they were one or two steps behind the Flyers all night long. Now, that could obviously be because of the fact that the game's in Philadelphia. The Flyers are feeding off the home crowd. It's the first game of the season. You want to get off to a good start and get the crowd into it. For whatever reason, the Devils just looked slow. They left so many chances in the slot. There were so many times where the, there were Flyer players wide open in the slot, and it took either Blackwood to make a really solid save or for the Flyers to hit the post. They hit the post, I think, two or three times. So the final score could have been a lot worse if everything completely was clicking for the Philadelphia Flyers. Um Neither team did anything else in that first period, but the Flyers took control of the game and never looked back in the second period. They added two goals. The sec, the one that gave the Flyers the lead on, on the first of two goals from Travis Konechny was super weak, in my opinion, uh, from Blackwood. He should have stopped that, and he let it go right under his glove like it was nothing, and Blackwood just didn't look good. There were times where he made some good saves, but I think overall, when you look at the balance of work that he had, he let in some soft goals. It was not good. This was not good from Blackwood. And this is what, you know, we all worried about going into the season. Was Blackwood going to be strong in net? He looked strong in the preseason. And yes, it's only one game. He's only played in one game. But that's not the type of performance you want to kick off the season when you're playing against a very winnable team. Reminder, this is a Flyers team that didn't have Couturier, did not have Cam Atkinson, didn't have Ryan Ellis. They were not even close to being fully healthy. The two play, the two main guys that were playing in this game for the Flyers were Konechny, who ended up having two goals, and um, I'm already blanking on his name, uh, Hayes, Kevin Hayes. I mean, that's it. Other than that, the fly and, and obviously Carter Hart. But other than that, they didn't have anybody. And Carter Hart, while he looked shaky early on, was very strong in that. The Devils, as they normally do, outshot the Flyers, had a lot of great chances. Dawson Mercer in particular got robbed several times. Carter Hart at the end of the day just had a really, really strong game in net um, to win that game. And the Devils just, they looked dead at times. They, they just looked like they were just going through the motions and not really getting uh, showing a sense of urgency is to getting back in the game. So after two periods, it's three to one. 
Um, the Flyers added another goal, which made it four to one. And at that point, you're thinking, well, that's this game's over. Severson did get a goal from a sharp angle um, with a little bit more than 10 minutes to go. So the game was not completely over. And after that goal, the Devils finally did wake up and had some point blank opportunities for the next couple of minutes where they could have scored another goal or two and really got back in this one. But Carter Hart did make the necessary saves that he had to. Devils did give up an empty netter at the end and ultimately dropped the season opener in Philadelphia to the Flyers by the score of 5-2. to two. And uh, obviously you're disappointed and to an extent frustrated because of the fact that the goaltending wasn't there, the defense looked shaky, and the, the offense at times just went lifeless. But the thing that I didn't realize until after the game was the fact that Jesper Bratt and Alexander Holtz, mind you, both played less than 17 minutes. Jesper Bratt played 15 minutes, 57 seconds to be exact. And Alexander Holtz played 14 minutes and 45 seconds the entire game. Jesper, you know, Alexander Holtz, I guess you can kind of understand because of the fact that it's, a, you know, it's, it's early on in his career. But, you know, still the fact, you know, he was one of the only two goal scorers in this game. You know, you kind of wonder. But Jesper Bratt, which, by the way, the Devils were at their best offensively when Bratt, Bratt and Jack Hughes were on the ice together. But as Lindy Ruff has gone, grown accustomed to doing, he keeps switching lines for no reason. I don't get what, what is going through his mind. I guess he's just trying to shake things up to get it going. But you're never going to build chemistry and you're never going to have consistent success if you're constantly switching lines and not allowing guys to figure each other out throughout the game and throughout several games. But Jesper Bratt ended up playing a little less than 16 minutes of ice time in this game as a top six scoring winger who is looking to get paid in the offseason and is coming off a career year. And I want to shout out Ryan Novozinski, who has, again, done a fantastic job. Um, he once again is asking the hard-hitting questions that I know for a fact that both uh, Tom Fitzgerald and Lindy Ruff are not comfortable with because they're not used to it with the way the Devils media has been over the years. But Novozinski, he asked Lindy Ruff straight up, don't you think that Brad should have had more ice time in this game? And Lindy Ruff asked him, how many, how many minutes of ice time did he have? Novozinski said, I think about 16 minutes. And Ruff's response was, that's not enough minutes. You, you think that's not enough minutes? And Novozinski was like, you know, I don't know, you tell me. And at that moment, Lindy Ruff refused to answer any other questions and he walked off his post-game presser. And that was, to me, I was like, that was great that we asked a question that needed to be asked. Why is Jesper Bratt only playing 16 minutes? Why were we switching lines so much? Why was all these things happening in a game that was winnable? Like, we weren't, like, there were times where the team just looked lifeless. And that was what's frustrating about it. It's not necessarily that we lost. It's the way that we lost. It's the it's And it's to the team that we lost to. The Flyers are not that good. They're expected to be at the bottom of our division. And we end up losing them by several goals. I know the fifth one was an empty netter, but you still lost by multiple goals. It was four to two. So what does that say? So at the end of the day, very frustrating way to start the season. But you're hoping, you're hoping that the Devils with, you know, shaking off that game. They're coming home against, you know, a the team that they uh, finished last season with, the Detroit Red Wings. You're hoping that you could have a better result. And the Red Wings are no slouch, by the way. 
Very solid, young, talented team. Steve Eisman doing a great job in Detroit rebuilding um, Hockey Town. I mean, that's what he's doing. So this is an up-and-coming team that's gotten off to a good start as well. They're, they came into Saturday's game after shutting out, I forgot who they played, but in their home opener, they shut out their opponent 3-0. And Billy Huso, a guy the Devils were certainly interested in trying to get in the offseason, looked really strong. They got the shutout. But the Red Wings were going to go with Alex Nedeljkovic. But to, to finish my point with the game against the Flyers, like I said, it was just a very frustrating and annoying loss because it, it's one of those things where you felt good for all of 20 seconds and then the Flyers just kind of took over and the Devils never really woke up until the last several minutes of the third period when you're already down by two goals and the damage is already done. And, you know, you got to give credit to Carter Hart for playing well, but the Devils also had things that, that were in their control that they could have done better at. But the combination of Lindy Ruff and the guys on the ice not performing well, particularly Blackwood, ultimately cost them the game. So really annoying loss um, to kick off uh, to kick off the season. Now, prior to Saturday night's home opener, I also did um, attend this, which, by the way, just want to quickly shout out uh, The Trap, which uh, the New Jersey Devils podcast, who we've had here on our podcast, and uh, I'm actually going to get a chance to get on his podcast relatively soon. He actually gave me the chance to go to this game. He actually gave me some tickets in section 16, so really good seats. So shout out to uh, shout out to him for uh, giving me the chance to go to the home opener um, last minute as well. I think it's like the the day before. So really appreciate that man, and uh, definitely gonna try to to return the t- uh, the favor down the road. But prior to the game uh, Friday, actually, Miles Wood expressed his feelings about how the Devils performed the following night, uh, the previous night, and why the season, the home opener was so important. This is what Miles Wood said. He said, quote, we have to back, bounce back tomorrow, Wood said after Friday's morning skate. Tomorrow is a must win. If you lose one, you can't lose two, and you certainly can't lose three. We have to stop it now. In the past, we've had a snowball effect where we were piling up the losses. It's not okay. Tomorrow is a must win. And then Miles Wood made the quote that was shared all over social media, not just by Devils personalities, but by a lot of people in the hockey world. Wood said, I'm just sick and tired of being on a bad team. Let me repeat that. I am just sick and tired of being on a bad team. That's the thing that stinks the most. Tomorrow is a must-win game for us, and it's my job to get the guys going for it. Bravo, Woody. Thank you for saying that. That's when you can tell that guys who have been here for a while are now tired of this, tired of the same old losing, losing in the same way, not being good enough to get these wins, especially against teams that they are better than. I mean, you have to call it like it is. The Devils are better than the Flyers. That loss is unacceptable, in my opinion, and it was certainly unacceptable to Miles Wood. Now, for some reason or another, Wood apologized the next day at morning skate prior to, uh, on Saturday for his quote. And I, and everybody, including myself was like, you have nothing to apologize for. You nailed it on the head. You are speaking for not only yourself, but this entire fan base. We are sick and tired of cheering for a bad team. 
We want results. We're not asking for this team to go and win the Stanley Cup. We're asking for this team to finally show itself that it's taking the necessary steps in the right direction and getting results on the ice. We are analytical darlings where there's so many times on that, you know, deserve to win meter where the Devils far and away have an 80 are, are winning 80%, but they're not winning on the ice. And it's just like, when does that stop? When do we actually start getting the results on the ice? Supposed to just everywhere else. That's the thing that's so frustrating about this team and about this team the last seven, eight, nine, ten years. So I applaud Wood for speaking his mind because I would have said the same thing, maybe a little bit more, um, maybe a few more curse words, but nonetheless, still the same effect. That was that that is for me, that is the feeling that I would have as well. And I applaud him for that. But going into the game. You obviously knew. Packed crowd, sold out crowd. That was the biggest crowd I had seen, honestly and truly, since uh, the playoffs um, back in 17-18. Huge crowd. A lot of excitement. A lot of expectations. Like I mentioned before, Red Wings playing the night before, coming off a 3 nothing win. You're hoping against hope that the Devils take advantage of a team that could potentially be tired because they, won, traveled overnight to come to New Jersey, traveled during the night to come to New Jersey, and then play again. So you're hoping with the Devils having rest that there would be an opportunity to take advantage of. One thing that the Devils did that was great, by the way, is that they honored Andy Green, who had just retired. We mentioned it last week. He got the ceremonial puck drop, which was which was great. Very much, uh, Very much like that. The Devils also did their uh, introductions, as every team will do for the first home game of the year. And when they announced the coaching staff, they got to Lindy Ruff and everybody, and I mean everybody, booed him and booed him hard. And they showed video later on of Lindy Ruff talking. I think he was standing next to Andrew Burnett and saying, are they booing me? Like asking question. And it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, are you oblivious to what's going on? Like, do you not understand that the organist that the fan base is pissed off? Like, have you not been hearing it for a while? Like, even last year when people were calling for your job? Like, are you just like you you sound like you're stunned that this is happening? You're not coming off making the playoffs last year. You're coming off finishing once again at the bottom of the NHL. That's the problem here. And the fact that the organization decided to give you another shot with a brand new coaching staff instead of just firing you all together and just starting with a completely new coaching staff, including a new head coach. I mean, to me, that I, I don't understand how you could be oblivious to that. But nonetheless, and then Lindy Ruff did one of the stupidest, stupidest things he has done in recent times. Alexander Holtz, who came off scoring the first goal of the season, coming off scoring his first NHL goal, gets put on the fourth fucking line to start the game. You know who else was on the fourth line? Yegor Sharangovich. What in the holy hell are you doing? What possessed you to do that? What good reasoning? Even the reasoning that he had was stupid. There was no reasoning to that. It just feels like at times that Lindy Ruff is doing things to get fired. And if it's like, if he doesn't want to be the head coach anymore, 
Why didn't you just retire last season? Why are you doing these things? Why? I don't understand. None of it makes sense. I watch other teams in the NHL, even teams that are worse than us, and they still make decisions that make sense. Do you see, I'm seriously, do you see the Rangers putting Mika Zibanejad or Chris Kreider on the bottom six ever? Ever? No. Do you see the Blackhawks putting Patrick Kane on the third line? No. Do you see Nathan McKinnon starting on the fourth line? In a, no. I don't get where the decision-making is coming from. I don't get what possesses him to do this stuff. It's stupid. Like, right away, before the game starts, everybody's already pissed off. That had a phone and saw it on social media. Head-scratching. Absolutely head-scratching. But anyway, the Devils did get off to a good start like they did against Philly. 4.45 into the game, Dougie Hamilton, deja vu from last year's home opener, ends up getting the first goal through traffic, beating Nedeljkovic to give the Devils the 1-0 lead. And they continued to be the dominant team in the first 20 minutes and took a 1-0 lead into the locker room. Vanacek looked solid. Everything through 20 minutes was great. And then... As the Devils have routinely done in years past, they imploded in the second period as the Red Wings scored not one, not two, not three, but four goals in that period, including Dylan Larkin scoring with eight-tenths of a second left in the period and got the Red Wings in the lead. Miles Wood did add a goal, which was big. It actually tied the game up at two. Uh, and I And I said to myself, hey, man, he made that quote. He said it was his job to get his team going. That's the best way you can do it, to score a goal and get your team going. Didn't end up working. So after 20 minutes of play, it's 4-2 to two Red Wings. And during the end of that period, the first Fire Lindy chance started, and it was loud. It was not faint. You could hear it at the game and on television as well. Seriously. Go listen to the latest episode of Elliot Friedman's 32 Thoughts podcast. Just listen to wherever you listen to podcasts. Listen to the first eight minutes of that podcast episode as they were talking about Lindy Ruff. Three times they put um, audio clips of us chanting, fire Lindy. Seriously, that's how loud it was, and that's how much it got attention. Like 100%. And the chants started in the second and continued throughout the third period as the Devils went dead in the third period. There were periods where I was just straight up bored. I even tweeted. I said, I'm bored right now because the Devils were doing nothing. They were going through the motions. And they gave up another goal at the end and ultimately lost the game 5-2. to two. So at least the Devils are consistent with losing by the same fucking score two games in a row. So the Devils start the year off 0-2, with very little to show for it. And Vitek Vanacek looking pretty shaky. I mean, the Devils had two times the amount of shots on goal that the Red Wings had. But as you guys know, if you listen to this podcast up, you know I could care less about shots on goal. It's not about how many you shoot. It's about what you do with those opportunities. That's what you really have to think about. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, 
the Red Wings took advantage of the opportunities that they had. That was simply what it was. That was simply what it was. So the Devils lose the season opener, 5-2, to two, and lose the home opener, 5-2. to two. And they didn't even have to give up an empty net goal to, to embarrass themselves. So the Devils starting off 0-2. I don't even remember the last time they started the season off 0-2. Already, we're two games into an 82-game season, and all of us are already at our wit's end. We're already done. Because at this point, the only thing the Devils have yet to do to try to change this is by changing the head coach. And I'm telling you this right now, guys. You have three games this week. Tuesday against Anaheim at home. Thursday in Long Island against the Islanders and Saturday at home against the Sharks. Those are at least two out of the three winnable games. If you come out with it, winning one of the three, or dare I even think about losing all three, Lindy Ruff has no, no business being the head coach by the end of the week. He doesn't. Because at that point, you're putting yourself behind the fucking eight ball before we even hit the end of October. You're already putting yourself in a position where you have to play catch-up in the toughest division in the NHL against teams who have already taken off. So for me, it's to Lindy Ruff. Figure it the fuck out. Figure it out. Because your job is on the line. Your contract is up at the end of the year. Your ass is on the hot seat. Your ass is on the hot seat more than any other coach in the NHL right now. We are two games in, and your seat is already hot. I mean, that's a joke to me. Now, Lindy Ruff responded in the postgame presser about the fact that the fans um, were booing him. And again, I think it was Novoselsky, it was somebody, but I'm glad that we're asking these questions now. Lindy Ruff said, quote, we've got a passionate fan. We got passionate fans here. They're used to winning. No, we're not. Not this generation. This generation is used to embarrassing ourselves. But the old generation is certainly accustomed to winning. Ruff also said, but that's part of my job. I take full responsibility when this team loses. No shit, Sherlock. Great history here. The fans want W's up on the board. It's as simple as that. It is as simple as that. We're asking you guys to look half decent and to show the potential. Everybody in the NHL talks about this Devils team is on the rise, this, that, and the other thing. When is it going to show? When are we going to stop doing the same shit over and over again? It's the definition of insanity. It is. And I want to shout out Alex uh, Chauvinsky of the hockey, um, Chauvinsky, excuse me, of the hockey writers, because he put out this tweet about the fact that it may not necessarily be the goaltending is the issue. It's the system that is in place that forces the goaltending to be more sporadic, not be firm, the defense to kind of be all over the place, and ultimately letting goals that should not be happening. And then as a result, the goaltending looks bad. And that was something that I didn't even think about until now we have much more evidence of this. And again, it's just another indictment on the fact that Lindy Ruff's system and the way he coaches just doesn't work. And also, he was he was switching lines every single time. He never kept the same lines together for more than a couple of shifts. I don't know why he keeps doing this. I, I just feel like at times that there are guys in this team that have completely tuned out Lindy Ruff. And I don't want to get on Jack Hughes, but for him to constantly publicly back Lindy Ruff, despite the fact that this team has barely moved forward since he got here, it, just, it makes no sense to me. It just doesn't. 
I don't understand why you guys like him when the team is not getting results. This is a results-based league, people. At some point, you have to start winning or changes have to be made. And if you're Tom Fitzgerald, you have to give Lindy Ruff a, a very short leash. I said it in my season preview last week. How short is that leash? How far are you going to let this go? Now, look, the Devils could completely turn this around and win these next three games. Maybe by the time you hear, you hear me on Monday of next week, it'll be a completely different story. But right now, in this moment, this is ridiculous. You shouldn't be 0-2. You should be 2-0. You had a winnable game in Philadelphia against a depleted, very depleted Flyers team and a Red Wings team that, while is still very young and talented, was coming off playing last night. And you're at home. And you put up that pathetic of a performance. It's unacceptable. So the clock is ticking, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm trying very hard to be patient. But I, my patience is very thin right now. I don't know how many more losses it's going to take before I completely lose my mind. I don't. But I'm, I, I'm calling out Lindy Ruff as I've done before. My friend, get it together. You are the sixth going to eventually probably become the fifth winningest coach in NHL history. Get it done. Get it done or your ass is gone. There's a reason Andrew Burnett is an associate coach, not an assistant. Because you know damn well the second you're gone, the second he takes over. But I don't want to wish for Lindy Ruff to get fired only because of the fact that you don't want to see someone lose their job. But at the same time, it's a results-based league. Figure it out. Long season to go, but you don't want to be behind the eight ball before you hit the end of October. So we'll see what happens against the Ducks, Islanders, and Sharks this week. All we could do is just pray that things take a turn for the better starting this upcoming week. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. And there's so many different opportunities out there because hockey is, as I always say, a magical, unpredictable sport. You never know what type of game you're going to get. You might get a couple of opportunities here and there, but with matchups like even the big events, like the Winter Classic that's coming up, or any of these outdoor games, all-star games, big matchups against the defending cup champion Colorado Avalanche, and so much more, DraftKings, as always, is giving you huge opportunities to get major cash prizes. And that wasn't enough. Excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Here's what you got to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use our promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN, TBPN, or TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Hockey League. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Got to quickly recap um, 
we'll wrap up, excuse me, this episode here. I want to give you guys an update on the Utica Comets, Adirondack Thunder, and Metropolitan Riveters, covering all of them, as I've mentioned before the season. Uh, the Comets also played their season opener on Saturday. They were on the road in Hershey against the Hershey Bears. And unfortunately, they also lost. They lost by the final score of 3-1. to one. Brian Pinho, the former Hershey Bear, scored the only goal for the Comets, but that was pretty much it, and the Comets dropped first game of the year. Now, the Comets have three games coming up this week. Monday night, they're at home for their home opener against the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. Then on Friday, they're at home against the Cleveland Monsters, and then they wrap up the week on Saturday in Providence against the Bruins. So we'll see if the Comets can shake off that season-opening loss get themselves going here again in what should be a very um, important, another big important season for our AHL affiliate. Now heading over to the Adirondack Thunder and Metropolitan Riveters. Both teams did play a couple games over the weekend and both teams got themselves some W's. Uh, the Adirondack Thunder came off a win on Friday night. So that was good as they slowly get through their preseason. Their preseason, I don't know, I think they have one more preseason game or or they don't because their home their season opens up this Saturday in Worcester. So their season's kicking off on Saturday, so the ECHL season is getting ready to begin. The Metropolitan Riveters are coming off a 5 to nothing and 4 to 1 wins respectively at home in some preseason games against the Buffalo Buttes. So the Metropolitan Riveters playing some really good hockey here in this preseason as they've won each of their three preseason games so far. And again, to remind you guys, it's going to be a while, but the season does begin for the Riveters on November 6th in Boston against the defending Isabel Cup champion Boston Pride. That's when they will raise their banner and all that stuff. But the Riveters still have some time to go to maybe uh, get a couple new players. They still have some opening roster spots and uh, to get this season underway. So they got a couple more weeks to go. But seems like both the Thunder and Riveters kind of getting themselves ready to go and off to a solid start here in preseason. And we'll see how things progress as we get, uh, we get to the weekend when the Thunder kick off. And then in a couple weeks when the Riveters kick off their 2022-23 season as well. So that is your Utica uh, slash Adirondack slash Metropolitan Riveters update for this episode.